The audio clip that you just heard was that of Pokhran 2 nuclear test conducted on 11th May 1998 under the leadership of Dr. APJ Abdul Kalam. This day was later celebrated as National Technology Day by the former Prime Minister Dr. Atal Bihari Vajpayee to celebrate the success of engineers and scientists of India. Welcome to episode 2 of the podcast series IGIB at all. On the 22nd National Technology Day, we got the opportunity to interact with a renowned scientist from CSIR, Institute of Genomics and Integrative Biology, Dr. Virain Sardana. Dr. Virain is a clinician and a scientist with a master's in bioengineering with 10 years of research experience at CSIR Central Scientific Instruments Organization. Let's hear more from him. Hello sir, welcome to this session. Uh, thank you for taking your time out to be part of this. I'd like to start the discussion by knowing your views and the motivations behind adapting science with the ever-changing technology. Uh, science is basically, whether basic or applied, it is adapted to technology in context of the humanitarian benefit. Whatever we do as science is meant for the benefit of mankind and the world we live in. Now, as a scientist, you are definitely motivated as a job of yours to do something which brings betterment to the world in either form. So from my perspective, when I started working as a scientist and from being from a medical background, being a profession, being a doctor, so my motivation was to develop something where basic, I had seen patients, I have seen patients in the different contexts of rural settings, urban settings. I have seen the problems patients face in real scenarios. So my typical aspiration and motivation was to develop and take science, which could lead to development of technology. Not necessarily my idea was a technology needs to be uh, affordable, though definitely a technology in an Indian context needs to be affordable, but uh, not compromising on the science. It should be something which help people in a longer run. And uh, if we talk today in context of the Swasthvayu device, which we developed and now it is being utilized in uh, hospitals across the country when the country is face- facing this uh, COVID rage. So Typically, the motivation was that we can develop certain device which will help and save lives. If you have a right guidance, right technology group, right interaction, and definitely right materials, so these technologies can be built up. Up until this point, I was pretty unaware of the various considerations that goes into the process before the actual product is widely available. He sums it up brilliantly. I do have to say that it is very difficult to wrap my head around the entire process. Can you give us a gist of the manifold complicated steps that are involved? See, when you are talking of a technology which needs to reach a larger group of people and will be to a certain extent utilized for their well-being, say life-saving, diagnostic, therapeutics, you need to be very careful with the precision in the technology. And you should have confidence, reliability on these. Now, these do not come in a day. These come from your experience of handling such 
work, being in teams, seeing things go around, and seeing what went wrong in previous work. That is all actually science is all about. So if you see where we failed, what we did wrong, and how to improvise it, leads to first step of bringing of correct objectives, the correct planning. Second step actually brings in to bring in right people. So that comes more from your interaction. Scientists definitely interact with a lot of people, and one of the most important thing is to actually interact at the ground level. What the needs of people are, what the need of industry is. Sometimes you may have a very uh, what we call as a brilliant idea, but may not be required at all in the context of what the public requires right now what people require right now so industry is at a larger way way in a better position to guide you and to help you out that whatever you are thinking as a scientist whether that will be a correct objective to work upon to develop some technology and the outreach that technology will have as we step into the industrial setup from the laboratory environment how do we make sure that the product reaches the people in need problems which we face is identification of correct industry partners and convincing the industry partner that what we are working upon would meet the stringent requirements what the global science requires and convincing typically the physicians who treat people and they have seen state of the art equipment and to make them believe that yes what we are doing with correct sciences a correct technology but yes in last 10 years since i have been working in this field not as a clinician but more as a scientist we have seen doctors engineers and industry people coming together government support for industry and all these things actually now getting closer to each other making things which are actually useful and uh, having confidence on each other so few of the obstacles we have overcome but some of the them we still need is that we should have a more stringent quality control criteria typically when you talk of technology and uh, in that also subgroup of medical devices we should have some stringent guidelines and now even those are being developed as we are talking we know that there are now guidelines coming up for effective certifications of technologies and which were not there earlier and things have started improvising so i think we are in a better position now to develop technologies which can actually reach people this year the theme of the national technology day is focuses on sustainable future what do you think of the theme in terms of emerging infectious diseases there seems to be a bright new opening yes yeah yeah definitely see every thing comes humanity learns with time okay we fail we learn we fail we learn that is the ongoing process for every person and uh, that happens with the infectious diseases also 
so we had a certain past we saw our past we are seeing our present and we are improvising for our future we do get ready we do get now the technology is available where you can actually target a sustainable uh, tech, uh, development and technology which will be useful in the future you can keep that technology upgraded you are in a position to guide and india is actually in a position currently to guide correct technological development so with current uh, pandemic going on it has taught us a lot of things where we lag what we need to improvise and what how to get prepared for the future with that summary i felt the need to drag that point of positivity towards the dire situation of the pandemic we all are facing right now When we say we can predict things with the previous knowledge of the data, I assume that we need a lot of data. So, how is this managed in clinical settings? Machine learning perspective, definitely, we do start monitoring people's vitals. We start monitoring physiology. That is one area where I also work in. And uh, it is said that the physiology is actually a mirror to your pathology in the future. Typically, when we talk of today's era of machine learning where actually it has moved to something what we call as deep learning and all so it requires humongous data to actually learn and predict something okay so that sort of data is definitely captured in settings like icus clinical scenarios where patients walk in typically i can take off some examples like in covid era a lot of algorithms were built to diagnose covid based on cts x rays we ourselves build one algorithm for x rays and uh, whether we can detect covid based on x ray or not and so there is something called as a clinical data decision support where you get get the patient data which could include the biochemical parameters which can include your physiological parameters like temperature pulse respiratory rate which can include radiology scorings which can include your clinical uh, parameters where you actually examine your patient and observe your patient for signs and symptoms so everything can go into this and make a recipe for a good prediction algorithm and uh, when you talk of rare diseases so if you have the data which is rare then definitely the machine algorithms suffer and uh, uh as far as i know we have i have not been working with rare diseases but machine learning algorithms do depend on a sufficient quantity of data for them to be useful and predict anything and i think uh, rare diseases will be better guided through genomic interventions and uh, clinical decision support systems will be better guided through patient monitoring patient system okay um can you elaborate on the collection of clinical data specifically considering the indian context the patient uh, in india you have that much of uh what you can call as the you can have ethnicity based differences you can have uh population based differences so you have a lot of diverse population to actually reach a good level of confidence in general 
to apply a machine learning algorithm which has a good robust predictive power then yes you gather data from different aspects and uh, try to predict it depends actually what you are trying to predict so if you are just trying to predict say a covid pneumonia on a chest x ray you can uh, you just need the x ray and uh, many times you may not feed the clinical parameters into that prediction algorithm if you are trying to predict a state where whether that covid pneumonia is there whether it will deteriorate you may need to input the other clinical parameters also and if you wish to predict mortality you may need something much more specific is practical application of data driven technology always feasible in a clinical setup now these are actually something which assist a physician or a technologist and we as clinicians we were we are always taught to rely on our gut instinct clinical medicine is a lot different then what we see as a technology development or relying on the technology and technology supports us to an extent where we gain sufficient confidence in treating our patient so data driven technologies or data driven forecasting and prediction is something which will be definitely useful and uh, it has a long it has come a long way already but uh, will definitely in the next decade it will be guiding the principles of treatment to an extent Yeah. and uh, typically with shortage of manpower specialist manpower these will be something which will be very useful in especially in screening case scenarios screening of diseases uh, now you being a clinician and a researcher what technologies fascinate you the most uh, using radiotherapy we use radiotherapy in uh, cancer patients and to target a particular space occupying lesion and so there i used to see a technology where uh, the machine what we called as a linear accelerator which delivers a high energy x ray beam onto the tumor or the site of the cancer and uh, i actually saw one te- uh, technology there which impressed me i am not a part of that mm-hmm. but uh, what impressed me was the precision it has and uh, as a doctor you actually get you, doctors are always like uh, they are a lot vary about their precision so we actually need precision in all our technologies and devices because the patient's life is at stake and i was really impressed with this multi leaf collimator where a lot of uh, what you can say it's a uh, leaves which actually move with a certain precision to take the shape of the tumor where the radiation will be targeted and uh, the number of leaves the motorized control that actually fascinated me with the level of precision it has he also mentioned swastvayu a life saving non invasive ventilator device for which they provided knowledge base and time to time guidance a final cherry on the top was his fascination with the mars rover perseverance it had a substantial ai involvement artificial intelligence involvement the programming part of which was done and that is something which actually uh, impresses as a scientist i get impressed by that a lot and uh, something very commendable so global science is something which we should lead uh, we should learn from and uh, we should see that yes whether that could derive some important interventions in your own field Uh, when we reach it 
how we reach it that time will tell but yes definitely we today we have the tools we have the support we have the industry we have correct we have right people to actually reach those things and uh, i don't think it's a resource lacking system right now which we can talk of but it is a system right now where we need to gear up for a better future okay sir so that with that uh, we are coming towards the end of the interview uh, thank you for taking out time for us the session was very informative and we are privileged to have you here uh, we are looking forward to more such interactions with you this podcast was part of the igib social outreach program the few articles and videos of some of the interesting topics are mentioned in the description for the curious listeners among us Thank you for listening.